Have you ever ridden a horse? I have ridden a horse. I don't like them. But you know what? This movie actually did turn me around on horses. Really? You now see them as a majestic beast. I'm less, like, hateful of them. Yes. I don't know. I think maybe I was just surrounded by horse girls when I was growing up. And I fear yeah. horse girl culture. You don't want to become one. You're scared no. of them. Yeah, exactly. I think it speaks to a darkness inside me that exactly. I'm, I fear. Howdy there, I'm Jen Fricker. Hey there, partner, I'm Alexi Toliopoulos. Welcome to the Big Film Buffet. A rootin' tootin' podcast for pop culture fans and people looking for what to watch recommendations. Today it's our main course. We recommend you a Netflix film for you to watch this weekend. And of all the films out this weekend, this is what you should spend your time on. We're talking about Concrete Cowboy. And if I may say, Alexi, yee-haw and giddy-up. Yo! There's a horse in your house. Oh, this you right here? I ain't staying here. Right? So once you step out, that door stays locked till morning. So it's all about Concrete Cowboy on the podcast today. It's a brand new premiere on Netflix. I really enjoyed this movie. Jen, you did as well, right? Yeah, loved it. I've never seen a movie like it. Mm. But then it's also drawing on a bunch of really traditional kind of tropes of cinema. If you haven't seen it, if you don't know what it's about, basically imagine a cowboy film but set in the middle of a massive city. Yeah, it's just whole new subculture that we're introduced to in this film it's these modern contemporary urban cowboys these black cowboys in modern day philadelphia yeah basically what happens is cole who is played by caleb mclaughlin you might know him from stranger things Mm -hmm. reunites with his estranged father in philadelphia his father played by idris elba happens to be a cowboy Mm -hmm. in the middle of philadelphia and if again you're trying to picture that it's exactly what you think it is. It's horses on streets. Yeah. It's horses in the middle of city blocks. It's horses on baseball fields. Mm. It's exactly what you think. It's horses being shoved into <laughs> tiny rental homes. <laughs> it's so striking, right? Because, you know, you have imagery of what is considered the genre of the Western, which is horses and boots and perhaps a hat or two. Love a hat, love a scarf. Maybe a boot with the spur, that kind of thing. Oh my gosh. I've never worn a boot with a spur because I fear it. I would impale myself or That's others. Yeah. I'm worried that I'm going to be like chopping up things on the ground with them because mm. to be honest, I don't even know what a spur does. I just no. assume they're like little pizza cutters on the back of That's a shoe. That's exactly how I picture them. <laughs> so I'm worried I'm going to put them on my foot and slice my calf up. Apologies to cowboys or cowgirls <laughs> listening who are screaming at the podcast right now being like, that's not what spurs are. We're That's so sorry. Exactly. Sorry, guys. We are urbanites. We don't know this kind of stuff. Yeah. Ask me 100 questions about sneakers. You'll get 103 answers. <laughs> I know how they work. A boot, don't know it. Yeah. But look, it's not a spur-heavy movie. Exactly. Even a couple of sneaker freaks like Jen and I really got into this picture. You know what? There are some great sneakers in this picture, exactly. too. If Cowboys you've al- can wear sneakers. <laughs> if you've always wanted to see a sneaker on a saddle, this yeah. is the movie for you. And that's basically the, like main image of this movie. It's yeah. a sneaker, it's a saddle. It's about when gentrification hits urban, inner city mm. people, generally minority neighbourhoods, black neighbourhoods in America, and the tension that creates. Yeah. Put on top of that, there's a huge tradition, which I did not really understand or know about before I saw this film, black cowboys yeah. are like the original cowboys. I know, but right? But the cinematic tradition has always whitewashed it. Exactly. It's 
incredible this film it's pretty singular because it mixes like a few things together because it reminds me a lot of something like do the right thing which is like an urban film about gentrification spike lee one of my all-time favorite films and it also reminds me of a very specific kind of sub-genre that i used to love as a kid which is i don't know the name but i'm gonna call it kid and creature movie yeah where a kid befriends and like grows with an animal and like they find like a softness with each other like free Willy. I was thinking Whale Rider when oh, I saw this. I love Whale Rider. Yeah, and just how a relationship with an animal can transform your relationship with yourself, with your family, with your culture, oh, etc. That's such a good comparison. I think Whale Rider and this definitely sing in harmony. And, mm. of course, they sing in the song of the sea. And Do you want the- me to sing it? Yeah, please. <laughs> Ma- 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 The whale is the horse of the sea. I've always said seahorse is just a glorified prawn. I know. And if you're listening and you're a seahorse, come for me. Yeah, come at us, dude. And if you've got a spur, come at us twice. Yeah, but I'll run away from you if you've got a spur because that's a deadly weapon. (laughs) We're scared of them. We're very scared. (laughs) We're very scared. Let's put it on the record. Big film buffet. Mm Mm-hmm. Scared of spurs. Exactly. We're not against them. We just don't understand them. But we are against seahorses. Yeah, we hate them. Yeah. The other thing about this film Mm -hmm. is that it's based on a true story. And in fact has real-life black urban cowboys in the film. They're, like, peppering out the cast. They're adding that authenticity, that idea of, like, an immersed authenticity. And I think that's a great thing that films can really do is, like, introduce you to this whole walk of life that you're not aware of at all. And I had had some knowledge of, like, the urban cowboys. I think I listened to, like, a podcast documentary about them years ago. But this is the first time I've ever, like, understood what they are visually, and it's so striking. Yeah. It's centred around this group of cowboys who are the Fletcher Street Cowboys in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and it has a lot of them in it. It has a lot of them riding horses. And I can't overstate just mm. how striking this film is. First of all, it's shot beautifully Mm. but also it is that contrast of kids joyriding through a massive city in a pretty beat up crappy car there are also horse races in the middle of these kind of industrial parks and buildings and stuff it feels almost surreal Mm. and then knowing that it's based in real life is even more powerful And I think it captures all that power in the end by just like bringing it home to even more reality. We've got those closing credits that is just like almost documentary footage talking heads with those actual cowboys. And don't get us started on documentaries. (laughs) Because we'll go on for days, dude. We pop off. We're a couple of doco queens. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that comes to mind when we're talking about this movie is it really recontextualizes and redefines like what is the cowboy? Mm. Who can even be a cowboy? Mm. I think that's something like where we're at in the culture now where we're like tackling those big icons of you know what once were like straight white man icons like your Clint Eastwood's your John Wayne's and redefining what they are for modern culture in the 21st century Mm. I think pop culture is completely changing the idea of what a cowboy is now yeah the last concert I went to before we all went down to lockdown was a cowboy western concert it was Orville Peck it was like a queer icon bringing kind of like sincerity and camp to like what was once like very stiflingly hetero male white yeah for sure when I think about 
modern cowboys, like the biggest image I can come up with is Lil Nas X. Absolutely. Social media icon. Yeah. And singer of Old Town Road. Yeah. Which was everywhere. I remember being in New Zealand in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. and we turned on the radio and Old Town Road was playing. And I was just like, we're on the other side of the world. And my tiny little cousins are singing along to this song about being a cowboy. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird that it's like, popped up at this moment and I kind of wonder why that is like why people are identifying Mm. with that cowboy thing and then also rediscovering the origins of cowboy culture Mm. which is what this movie is talking about it's talking about the fact that cowboys cowgirls were traditionally black people yeah and there's even a moment in this where they're singing around a campfire and it feels like that classic homage to those scenes you see of like cowboys like out on the range and like or on like a big hunt trying to find someone and they just start like playing music. They're singing mm. around a fire and they even have a line that's like, this is the original trap music. Yeah. I think also, you know, cowboys to me represent freedom. Mm. It's always like this idea that you go out, you're alone in the mm. world and you kind of make a nomadic lifestyle and you're defining something out of like infinite freedom Mm. i wonder what that's kind of saying about where we're at as a society yes i love hearing about society (laughs) but i think as well like it's interesting because this film is while simultaneously about like that idea of a nomad lifestyle like home is where you make it and like where you find yourself Mm. it's so much about community which i think is something that while present in like classic westerns is something that is kind of new to this thing like the way they bring it to this movie you choose who you want to be you find who you want to be you find your own destiny and you find the people that are like you that want to be with you and want to live that same life as you yeah it becomes about choosing your family absolutely also cowboy aesthetics they're timeless for a reason like Mm. there's a horse rustling scene in this which is such a like lovely homage to the old westerns and Idris Elba's character Harp is wearing a neckerchief that he pulls over his mouth like a little bandit mask he's got the hat and it's just like it's cool as hell like it's timeless for a reason have you ever rocked a cowboy outfit in any kind uh you know I have been known to a cowboy boots to work yep that was fun. That was a fun day. Yeah, obviously sand spur. Yeah, sand spur. Have you ever Safety worn a fringe? First. Oh, I love a fringe. Yes. I've got at least like two outfits that are very fringe heavy. Mm. It's movement. I have started wearing a neckerchief and I'm like, that's a lifelong goal met. Yeah. I've always wanted to wear a neckerchief, but I never had the courage to do it. And now I say, yeehaw, I'm doing it. Hell yeah. I'm, I mean, jeans are kind of based oh, yeah. on- I'm a like, cowboy every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Denim is cowboy culture. I know that whenever I watch any movie with Dolly Parton in it, there oh is like word. a good mm-hmm. week afterwards where I'm full cowgirl. Like what? I've got a oh. denim vest yep. that ties up. Like that's Oh cropped. my gosh. I can't and even I imagine it. I know. And I wear that. I wear a little skirt. Yep. I get my hair real big. Oh my long gosh. Long nails. Mm-hmm. It's a look. It is weird in Australia to be doing it. <laughs> yeah. Especially just like in Sydney. Yeah. Just clip clopping around on the train. <laughs> have you ever ridden a horse? I have ridden a horse. I don't like them. But you know what? This movie actually did turn me around on horses. Really? You now see them as a majestic beast. I'm less, like, hateful of them. I don't know. I think maybe I was just surrounded by horse girls when I was growing up. And I fear 
yeah. horse girl culture. You don't want to become one. You're scared no. of them. Yeah, exactly. I think it speaks to a darkness inside me that exactly. I'm, I fear. The moment you connect with the beast is the moment you change. I know. Maybe that's it. Like, maybe I'm, like, beginning of this movie, Cole, mm. where I'm just like, I know what I know. Exactly. Like, I don't what need is to this? Deal. These horses are dumb. I like my Game Boy. I like my PS5. I like <laughs> my Xbox One or exactly. whatever they're called. I like my games. I'm a video gamer <laughs> is what I put onto this character at the start of the movie. But then is you this become your gamer one? girl character? I'm a gamer girl and you're a horse girl, okay? Oh, my God. I know. As soon as I get a good braid in my hair, I'm like, maybe I am a horse girl. <laughs> <laughs> I like wearing leggings every yeah, day. That's true. Maybe I am a horse girl. I would love to be like one of those old school directors that you see like in like a parody of a classic movie where they've got riding boots, riding yes. pants. One of those little the whips. jodhpurs <laughs> with the big pads on the yeah, side of the where hips. they look like a giant ass down at your knees. Yeah. That's what I want. Are they the original fickies? <laughs> <laughs> original uh, thickies. Uh, like directors from the 1930s. Are they original like Instagram thoughts? <laughs> I forgot to ask you though. Are you mm. pro horse? Have you ridden a horse or do you ride them? I've never ridden a horse. I've been up close to a horse. Haven't touched one. Mm. I have, however, ridden a donkey. What? I've Why? ridden a donkey. It's like a Greek horse. Oh, okay. I yeah. think I've never ridden a horse, but I've touched donkeys. I've fed a donkey a thistle. I've been up and close and personal with a donkey. How was your donkey experience? Oh, wonderful. What a beautiful mule. What were you doing? Like, where were you traveling? We we're traveling around Greece. I was a young boy sitting on a donkey oh going up gosh. big steps because it was too much for my little legs. Oh. But the donkey had powerful bucking legs and it would carry me everywhere. Yeah. What's the difference between a donkey and a horse? Small. And the donkey, I think I had a nappy on or something. What? That's my main memory was the donkey wore a nappy. Is this like a cartoon version of a donkey? But I think they poop. They poop a lot. There's something I really loved about this mm. film. Getting an insight into a culture mm. that I'd never really seen before Absolutely. on screen. And it kind of reminded me when I first saw Whale Rider. Yeah. It's a Maldi story. Yeah. It's about Maldi culture and me as a Maldi person. It was the first time I ever saw my own culture on screen and like Maldi people on screen. Mm. And so I was like, this is awesome. And like wild to me that such a rich culture that's steeped in storytelling inherently hasn't really been represented before. And I'm like, well, of course, Black Cowboys. Yeah. Of course. Of like, course. it just makes sense. It's so cinematic. Yeah. I think Whale Rider is such a good one, too, with this movie. And, like, why I think this movie is singular and exciting and so worth your time watching. I remember seeing Whale Rider the first time. I saw it three times in the cinema oh. when I was a kid. I can see young people connecting with this movie in the same way. There's something really special in finding movies that are about like something cultural, but also that idea of taming the beasts, if you will. And I think that there's this great scene in this film where they break a horse, mm. where like there's a horse literally in like a baseball diamond. It's such a great character moment for Caleb McLaughlin. I think it is such a phenomenal young performance from this young up-and-coming star. Who I've only seen him in Stranger Things. I always loved him in that show. He's one of my favorite characters. But seeing him bring like this emotional gravitas and this hurt to this character, mm -hmm. like this hurt that like desperately wants to heal. I haven't seen that before from him. And I think that it's maybe my favorite thing of this whole movie is like how great he is. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's not an overly wordy film either. No. It's not like they've got heaps of exposition and heaps of dialogue and that mm. kind of thing. It's quite a quiet film, really. So it kind of speaks to the strength of his performance that mm. he can show that growth and show that development and bring that sense of, like, deep hurt mm. without really having to say much. Like, that's just yeah. how good he is. I also will say, like, there's so much heart in this film. Mm. I wouldn't say it's a kid's movie at all. It's mm. not... But it's definitely a film that I feel like if I was a teenager or something, yeah. I was watching it with my parents, I feel like everyone would get something out of it. I totally agree with that because I think that this film, from what I understand, is based on like a YA, young adult novel. So I think it captures like so much like broad and beautiful emotion for the whole family to find something and to be moved with this story together. But especially for young people, I would say for teenagers, this is a really interesting one. And it centers around that relationship building, not just with Caleb McLaughlin's character and his community around him, but more specifically with his estranged father, played by Idris Elba. I think as well, this is a really great performance from him. I think if anything, he is the character that kind of symbolizes that strong silent type of like your Clint Eastwoods or something. Strong, masculine. There's obviously something like, mercurial like something going Mm. on underneath the surface which in these films where the dialogue isn't overly explicit Mm. in terms of like descriptive yeah exposition and stuff yeah 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 it's kind of really hard to sell a character like that Mm. Like, he probably only has two pages of dialogue. No. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but it just speaks to, like, what casting a big star in a small movie like this, what it does, like, with just, like, the absolute, like, masculine presence that he brings to a film. Mm. And the way he introduced him is so cool because it's just got, like, this really weird score behind it that's almost like a theremin into a western score or something and when I was watching this movie again I just was like swept up by how interesting the score was and how well it introduces this character and in the entire themes of the film with just him walking onto screen yeah and on that like the sound design in this movie like because you are literally talking about a community of cowboys with their horses, stables, Mm. in the middle of modern-day Philadelphia, you can hear, like, planes flying past Mm. and the rumble of bass from cars that are driving by. And it is so you're always aware when you're watching this film that you are in the middle of a city. You're always aware that there's this pressure closing in on them, that Mm. the time that they are in this spot, the freedom that they feel is limited, which I also feel like is quite a stab and yeah. an emotional kind of stab underneath everything. Well, I think this is a wonderful directorial debut as well. This is the first feature film from director Ricky Staub. Yeah, I was reading about him in his production crews and working on these productions. He hires ex-prisoners as a way to like get them retrained and get them back in the community, which I feel like, again, is mm. really cool. It's like really acknowledging a history of cinema that often mm. excludes voices yeah. and then is starting to bring them in. I also feel like, you know, it's executive produced by Lee Daniels, mm-hmm. who in the last 10 years has contributed so much to cinema. So, yeah. I don't know, it's a story with real heart. There's a real-life impact. It's telling a real-life story, but it is so inherently cinematic at the same time. Mm. So many reasons why people should watch this movie. Absolutely agree. Check out Concrete Cowboy. It's coming out on Netflix for your viewing this weekend. And if you already watched this movie, 
what other films should people get into, Lexi? There's one that comes to mind. This is a, a Western from Australia from the last few years, Warwick Thornton's Sweet Country. It's also on Netflix. This is probably like my favorite film in the last decade or so. Wow. Warwick Thornton is like my favorite Australian filmmaker. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Just absolutely inspired me so much. Like when Samson Delilah came out, I was like, I want to make Australian movies. I want to talk about Australian movies. It's such a great film and so moving. And also it's a Western about the original gentrification, colonization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got such a great cast. You've got Sam Neill, Brian Brown. And of course it is so visually stunning. There's places that I've never seen before filmed in Australia, like these amazing salt lakes in the desert that just are phenomenal. It's so deeply moving and I cannot recommend it enough. So check it out if you like Concrete Cowboy and feel like more of an interesting Western fix. Yeah, you can spend the whole weekend on Netflix just like living your cowboy fantasy, essentially. I mean, the most obvious comparison Mm. here is the interactions of like early indigenous people with Mm. early colonial settlers like the interactions of trackers and the english settlers that landed here obviously i feel like that would be Mm. like quite similar the way that slavery and racism plays into that as well as like quite a direct parallel to Mm. the way that black people have been excluded from the cowboy narrative absolutely It's so weird to think like cowboy is such like an American cultural icon, like Mm. the idea of the cowboy. And like here in Australia, I guess we've kind of got some of it. We're kind of a frontier country when we look back. Yeah, I mean, historically, you could frame the history of Australia as some kind of wild west frontier. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, what would a similar subculture be here? Maybe, like, bushrangers, like Ned Kelly. Absolutely. Who are always, like, outlaws, in yeah. trouble with the law, shooting cops, etc. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sheriffs going in on them, you know. And also, like, the iconography of cowboys and bushrangers are, like, nearly identical. Yeah, the lone figure on mm-hmm. a horse with a gun on the run from something. Modern cowboys... I feel like maybe the Denny Ute muster. What's the Denny Ute muster? It's like this annual event that's held in Daniloquin where oh. people like bring their Utes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's a community around it. You My know? God. It's like a rodeo, but people doing donuts in Utes. Yeah, pretty much. Absolutely. I'm there. And I got to go. Yeah. Oh, man. Let's go together. <laughs> let's book it in. Let's do it. Our first trip together going to the Denny Ute Festival. And we'll wear spurs. We're going to finally wear spurs. Yeah. Much like the characters in Concrete Cowboys, we have grown. Absolutely. And we're both crying right now, talking about our own growth. And if you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to The Big Film Buffet on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a nice review, babes. Babes, please leave us a nice review, babes. That's all we ask. (laughs) Next Tuesday for our snack episode, we want to know what annoys you the most when you watch a movie. Mm. What takes you out of it? And I don't even mean like it's a bad movie. I mean watching an extra not drink a cup of coffee that they're holding. Things like that. What's something that you notice and no one else does and it takes you out of the film and you need the time to rant about it. That's Tuesday. Yes, we're going to be talking pet peeves and freaking out about them on the podcast. So see you then, babes. This episode was hosted by me, Alexi Toliopoulos and Jen Fricker. Produced by Michael Sun and a new husband. Edited by Jeffrey O'Connor. 
Executive produced by Tony Broderick and Melanie Marnie.